What is up, everybody? We are so excited to be back for the new episode. And today we have an amazing guest. She is incredible. She is wonderful. She loves Jesus fully. And I just absolutely adore her. And she just brings so much joy into people's lives. And yeah, I'm going to introduce you to my really good friend, Abby Joy Friedemann. Back What's off, up, bro. That's Abby? my wife. He's getting very, very complimentary there of my wife. I'm starting to feel a little bit like, I don't know what's happening right now. I'm just <laughs> honoring her. Hey, guys. What's up? Jared what's up, is up? probably one of the most encouraging people I know. Hey, Jay. How you doing? Good and you. Good. So good to have you on an episode, finally. I know. I feel like, what is my life? I get to be on the Connect podcast. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hello, Ben. What's up? How you doing, bro? I feel like I've been hit by a truck, bro. Really? My body is broken. It's been a week. In three different ways. What did you do? Well, CrossFit yesterday didn't help, I must admit. We did some serious weights at CrossFit. It was the first time in a long time. What was the one that made you feel most uncomfortable? Uh, squat lunge complex with a bar. Cheapers. There must have been some intense music going on there. I don't even want to know what that is. I don't even know if the music was there, bro. I was in too much pain to hear anything. <laughs> That is, yeah, I can imagine. I've been with you to a couple of sessions. It's been, it's, it's quite rough out there. It's real. It's real. So this week, we're still in our kingdom series, but Come we're speaking on. about worship. Sure. So what I want to know is why did worship become a subject we decided to discuss under kingdom? Sure. I think worship is a really powerful way we connect with God. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just the way we adore him and we show him what we're grateful for in our lives. And it's a moment just to honor him. And so, yeah, that feels a little bit like kingdom. So I think it's really cool to have that in the series as well. I also remember in the Bible when uh, Jesus um, instructs a king. It's not Jesus. It's before Jesus comes as Jesus. When God instructs a king to send his worshipers out ahead of the army. And basically what happens is the Philistine army has surrounded uh, Israel. And the... um, and the king wants to send out his warriors, but God says, no, send out the choir first. So they send out the choir, and the enemy army just turns and begins to attack one another. And so I think worship is the weapon of warfare the kingdom of God wages. Yeah. Um, and worship destroys the strongholds of the enemy. Yeah. So really applicable when it comes. But talking about worship, we often mishear worship lyrics. Yo, that is such facts. Like I remember when I was little, Worshipping in church, and there's a song that goes, I exalt thee. Like saying, I exalt God. Yeah. I was always heard, I am salty. Yeah. Like salty, the singing songbook. So I was super confused while we were all saying we were salty. It's like an epic ballad for salty. <laughs> What's Amazing. your most misheard worship lyric? I This one I really struggle with. Um, I legit have nothing. Like, I don't. Abby's just perfect. She always hears worship lyrics fine. I understand what that's like. What about you, Jared? I mean, I'm deaf, so I miss hearing most things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the lyric goes, your praise will ever be on my lips. And I heard it as, your cakes will ever be on my hips. I mean... I don't even know how you get there. (laughs) Bro, blame Sean Connell and Brendan Samuels for that. So here's what we want to know uh, from your groups. In group time, we want you to discuss what is the funniest misheard lyric from any song ever that you totally misheard. And uh, you got a couple minutes to do that. Three, two, one, go. Go. 
So we're talking about worship. Mm. We brought in a guest to talk about worship. The guest happens to be my wife. Sure. Worship is the weapon of warfare that the kingdom of God wages. How are you a warrior of worship? I love how Ben always approaches this like worship is the most like epic. To Ben, it's like this is warfare. Like (laughs) to me, like worship is this beautiful, sweet moment with God. It's just so amazing how different people experience it so differently. Um, Guys, I think worship, man, worship is life. It's like asking the question of, you know, what is breathing to you? It's like you you can't function without it. And I think um, it's so, so vital that we make sure that, you know, we are getting into God's presence and experiencing that space. But to me, worship is, it's a safe place. To me, worship is a fountain of refreshing. It's a place that I go to realign myself, realign my heart and just refocus, forget about myself and remember who God is. I think that to me is probably the one thing that I always go back to worship for. Sure, so good. That's really, really powerful. Um, yeah, I think just to to provide a, a little bit of a context to a passage, I want to point, because I believe we always have to point back to the Bible, is in Romans 12 verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That was me on youth camp. When I was like 13 or 14, I'd put my body on the line full time. Because like you don't ever sleep on youth camp. So we'd worship until like 12 o'clock at night. And then we'd get a couple hours sleep, obviously, because everyone's chatting in the yeah. dorms. And you get up at like 6 a.m. for devotions. And then the worship that you would go. And there's pictures of me at youth camp, like sweating, massive bags under my eyes. But I was like, I will not stop jumping ever for Jesus. So I s- sacrificed my body. Just like you did with, at CrossFit's. Just like I did at CrossFit. Both for Jesus, though. I've got, to, I've got to sustain this temple of the Holy Spirit by building it strong with CrossFit. Come on. Amazing. So, Ab, we want to ask you the question of why is it important to worship? Wow, the big one. The big question. This, I think, yeah, I touched on it a little bit earlier. I think as Christians, well, firstly, I just want to point to the fact that we were, we were made by our Creator, And we were literally, our entire beings are made to reflect him and to reflect back to him. And so everything that is inside of us cries out for something greater than ourselves. And we we have this hole inside of us that is literally void, if not filled by Jesus himself, if not filled by God. And so I think our there's in our beings we we desire, we have this longing to 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 come to him and to be filled by him. So I think firstly we we respond naturally that's just how we are um and so there's this desire in us that we can't function without worship yeah um, sure. which is super super powerful but on top of that i think you know when you talk about body soul mind spirit emotional wholeness connectedness i think all of that points back to worship it's you know that feeling that you get when you leave a worship set and you don't even know why but you feel better yeah, yeah. it's like you can't even explain it but it's just things get fixed and it's because a moment in god's presence can fix you know, what medication and doctors can take years to fix. And I think that um, there's something that happens in God's presence where it's suddenly, firstly for our minds, we forget about ourselves. So we remember who he is. We get reminded of God's goodness and who he is. And then also just healing, like body, soul, mind, spirit. It just worship heals us. So it's so, so important. I love Michael Kalianis' quote where he said, true worship is when we completely forget about ourselves. Yeah, the moment you forget about yourself, that's true worship. And you focus on him. And uh, I remember when uh, Jesus is walking down the road 
and the people are praising like calling out to him and the pharisees say why don't you tell these people to shut up and he says i'll tell you the truth if they keep quiet the rocks themselves will begin to praise me sure because god like he is worthy of worship and, yeah. and and his very existence demands worship. And so we've never like more truly aligned ourselves with him than when we're worshiping him because the very fact that he's alive demands worship. And Paul yeah. says all of creation declares his handiwork and actually humanity has no excuse for not knowing God's real because if you look at creation, it declares the, God, the glory of God. Yeah. And so when we worship God, we are aligning ourselves with that glory and we're giving to him what is due. And we like there's no better position for us to be as humans than lining ourselves up with all of creation, declaring the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. Just one quick thing to add on that. I, one of the first um, ways that I heard worship explained, I think when it started to be unpacked in my mind and understanding of what actually happens, was something that Jonathan David Helser said when he said, worship is giving back to God what he first gave you. And it's a thing of like you were created, he breathed his life into you and worship is you giving that breath back to him. Um, and that's what creation does. Someone also said, if you don't worship, don't worry, like creation will worship for you. Like the rocks are going to cry out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you don't, all of creation will. And I think, yeah, it's our response to him. I think the most interesting one I've heard is like, it's like a, a back that is out of line. And coming into worship is like going to a chiropractor and getting it back straight into line. It like all just fits in perfect place. Um, yeah. And so it's like the most interesting version of it that I've heard. But Ab, we also just want to ask you, like, what has your journey been with worship? Yeah. Well, I think most of you will know. So I'm, I'm on the worship team. I lead worship. And I think, I think a lot of people can see that. And that's kind of what they see as worship. But to me... Um, worship is my quiet time. Worship is the place where I connect with the Lord, you know, off stage and on stage. And um, I think the most, the only way I can really explain worship in my life is at my core, I think I am pure adoration. Like I just, I'm full of awe and full of wonder. And I think I'll explain it. Like my heart is like a child. And I think when I look at creation, I mean, if rainbows would just stay in the sky for an hour, I'd probably stare at them for an hour. Like there's just this adoration in my heart. And I think that's worship in me. I think God, I, I'm made to worship. And it's, I know that when I, when I stand in his presence, when I stand in worship, I know I'm fully myself, I'm fully expressed, I'm fully alive. And it's because of that, that I know, you know, I was made for that. So for me, a lot of the time growing up, worship looked like going for walks, um, really long walks. We, I grew up on a farm. So I, I had the ability to do that and I love being in nature. I love it. I think that's definitely how I express worship. I think different people feel God's presence in different ways. And um, I think yeah, it's definitely different for, for people. But I think when I feel delight, when I feel like I'm having fun, I, it's all things that I think that, you know, I feel God's presence. And I think that's all worship. I think it's all inclusive. So here's the question we want to ask you that you can ask the rest of your groups is, can you tell your group about a moment you felt that worship really impacted you? Yeah. And what's, what's the moment that's really impacted you in worship? Gosh, I've had so many moments. Uh, I think the most like recent moments have been the ones where I've just been aware of um, like just how weak I feel, how broken I feel, how inadequate I feel. And then like the presence of God will come rest on me and suddenly mm. that stuff won't matter and I won't mm. care about those anymore. And I know in this last season, like I've been feeling really weak and mm. um, his strength like have, has changed me. But mm. I've 
Yeah, throughout my life, Jesus just come and worship. Wasn't there? Wasn't there one time where you fell asleep in worship? Was that in worship? There's one time where Ben like was feeling horrid. He's like, I don't even know. You know that moment where you're like, I don't know what's going on in my heart. I feel all these things. Uh, and Ben was like, Okay, I'm just gonna lie down. And I'm pretty sure he fell asleep. And he said he woke up like, I don't know how long later, and he felt like a new man. Like, yeah, I was completely, completely different. changed. Mm-hmm. That so God crazy. had done heart surgery while I slept. I love sleeping in worship. It's good. Sure, yeah, it just switches your brain off. <laughs> that reminds me of the story of Elijah when he was in a bit of a weird space himself where god literally told him to go eat something and, and take a nap, take a nap. <laughs> and they woke <laughs> up on the nap god fed him Jesus again and then he was like i'm gonna go yes <laughs> guys that is my life yesterday i was on the floor in a puddle and ben's like you need to eat food it's real 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 so he has the question can you tell your group about a moment that worship impacted you changed you and go for it <laughs> So there's this interesting question that's always going around that, that a lot of people are probably asking themselves now, hearing that you're like a worship leader and that you're singing and that worship is like this thing where we sing. And so I think the question we're going to ask you is, is there multiple forms of worship or is it just limited to singing? It's a great question. You can't Thanks. worship unless you can sing. So then you can't worship, Ben? I can't worship, yeah. I'm well, stunted. I was literally about to say my husband is exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> so rude. Funk that that theory. I'm um, mad at you. <laughs> Benj is probably, he's so tone deaf. Love you, Benj. But um, I know that Ben is, pro- it's crazy. Ben cannot sing, but he's one of the most passionate worshippers I've ever met. So it has nothing to do with singing. I think something beautiful about voices it's really amazing but um yeah i think we touched on this a little bit earlier it's not just up to singing it's not left to worship leaders please we need everyone to worship i mean if we were made to worship i think i would just say to anyone if you're not really sure how you express worship find the thing that you love because if we believe that god created you if he's inside of you if you were made to give him glory then find the thing that you love and that thing will bring him glory and bring him worship and um, find out what makes your heart come alive. I think that more often than not, you will experience yourself actually worshiping, giving him glory in that space because you were made to do that. Yeah. So, I love the story of Eric Little. Uh, um, he was a missionary to China. There was a really good run, and he came back, and he was chosen for the Oxford team to go to the Olympics. And his sister came to him and said, how can you give up what's so important? I work in China to go run. And Eric said, I cannot explain it, but when I run, I feel the pleasure of God. Oh, sure. So and he, like, he knew he was born to run, and when he ran, it was like he did it as an act of worship. Yeah, and I know for me, like, I, I love business. And so like, anything I do with business, like, it makes me come alive, like building structures and like, sorting stuff out and doing admin. Like, it, it really makes me come alive. And so mm. I know that I can offer that as an act of worship to God. Yeah, Paul literally says, um, like anything you do, do as unto the Lord. Yeah. So he has the question for you guys. Um, how do you express worship to God in your groups? Like I want you to discuss like what ways do you find you come alive and you express worship to God? Do you guys know what time it is? Do you know what time it is, Abby? I've heard of this thing. I don't know what time it is. What time is it? Wah, 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 wah. It's the big question segment time. Here we go. Let's go. 
big questions, your questions, my questions, our questions, big questions, yeah, yeah, big questions, yeah. He's yeah. feeling himself on this. <laughs> and this week's big question is, how do I logically know that God is real and that I can trust him? Go, babe. Logically. It's all you. person says the word logic, and I'm like, ask Ben. Ben is logic. Ben is logic. <laughs> logic incarnate is Ben. <laughs> ben is all logic. How do I logically know that God is real? Is that mm. the question? What's your first instinct when you My hear the question? My instinct is turn your brain off and experience Jesus. I think, um, honestly, there are, there are logical answers to this question. There is science, there is fact, and I think that I'm not the person to ask those questions. Ben really is the one. But um, God God shows himself differently to everyone. So you need to, I think the Bible says, ask and you'll receive and seek out and you'll find. So I think you need to experience him. And um, how do I logically know God is real? Turn your brain off and worship and see what happens and see if he comes. The craziest thing is that some of the top theological professors in the world are atheists. Some of the really? top people that teach about theology, God, or atheists. be a theologian and be an atheist? Exactly. We would all think that's crazy, but to them it's completely rational because they've turned God into an academic study. And you can academically study something without ever knowing it. For example, there's a nine-year-old person that's a fully qualified doctor. It's a nine-year-old boy. He's a fully qualified oh. doctor. He has passed every qualification, but the question is, would you let them operate on you? Most of us would be like, no, they're nine. <laughs> so they have all the academic qualifications, but there's something that you're not sure about. And so here's the point that you can academically know everything, but unless you've experienced, tasted, and seen, mm. you don't know. And here's the thing. God will show up to you how your brain works. He'll show up to you how you need to hear him, how you experience him. Like, for example, if you know Debbie and Hugh Glover, <laughs> God shows up to Hugh in a very different way than Debbie. Debbie... Debbie is way more emotion. Hugh is all logic and he's a math professor. So the Lord God shows gives up. him math equations in worship. He like just sees Literally. Them. It's crazy. That's wild. Yeah. So the Lord will speak to you how, how you work. But yes, what I do want to say is if the whole of Christianity is founded on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Here's what we know about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Independent Christian sources all declare that Jesus was risen from the dead. But now we have sources that are not Christian. They're Jewish and Roman sources that say there was a man called Jesus who died, his body, dis his body disappeared, and multiple people declared that they had seen him alive. Yeah. So we have sources who it's in their favor to say Jesus never rose from the dead, who say Jesus rose from the dead. Because sure. of proof. Yeah. So when you've got someone who's unbiased saying something, you want to believe it. Then we know that Jesus had 11 followers that all believed he rose from the dead, and all of them died for that belief. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever studied cults, but anything about cults is you always find people that suddenly freak out and no longer follow it. But for some reason, every one of his followers was willing to die for the belief. Yeah. And like you have to believe with 11 people, if it wasn't real and they'd all got together and they're like, guys, let's make up the story, wow. one of them would have recanted just before they crucified yeah. him or burnt him at a stake. But every single one of them died for that belief. Mm. And then lastly, we have seen this belief survive 
millennia and centuries. And we have seen this belief um, transform people's lives. And if you take all of that together, it is more rational and logical to believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead than it is to believe that it's a made-up story. Mm. And so actually the most logical, rational thing you can do is put your faith and trust in Jesus because it's proven by historical fact. It's proven by um, record and the fact that people have changed their lives according to it. And so it's literally the most rational thing you can do. Yeah, it was Bono that said that either like this is the most insane thing that ever exists or it's the most important thing of that, that has ever existed in, in our entirety of life. Mm. And he, he refuses to believe that, that it's something that would make us go insane. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just really important that we acknowledge that that's something we can trust in. Just one last thing. I remember someone said to me, um, hey, because, I mean, okay, I grew up in a Christian home. I've been, I've heard about God all my life. And they were like, hey, if God, like, if God is real, like, wouldn't you want to know? So it's like, if you're choosing to do this, if you're choosing to follow God, surely you'd want to know if he is real. So I really want to encourage you guys. Like, this is a great question. Encourage you to talk to your leaders and actually find out for yourself. You have to be convinced 100% that you are not just following a Christian wave, a Christian river, that you actually know that God is real and that you've chosen to give Him your life. Yeah, don't just go along with the crowd. Please don't. Because Christians throughout centuries have stood against the crowd. And when everyone else is doing this, then Christians are the ones that say, I don't care what you say, I'm following Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Well, we hope this week has been helpful for you guys, and it's been amazing to have you here, Ab. It's Thanks, always such Jade. a blessing, and Ben, it's always good to see your beautiful face. The Connect Podcast. Hey. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys soon. Connect Podcast, yeah. Connect Podcast, yeah. Take it back now, y'all. Connect Podcast, yeah. Who says <laughs> I can't sing? <laughs>